I'm co-host James Ash. And I'm co-host Phil Scaife. Welcome to The Business Lockdown. Welcome to The Business Lockdown, Leon McQuaid. Leon, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Leon runs ThinkCloud, which is an IT support cyber security business, and we're going to delve into that, his business background leading up to that, to modern day. What we're really interested in on, on delving into and finding a lot more about today is Andy's Man Club, the role that Leon plays with Andy's Man Club, the fastest growing mental health charity in the UK. Can we just, should we just give him a round of applause at this stage? That is it. That is absolutely. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Welcome to the business lockdown. Yeah, welcome to the show, Leon. Thanks. Well, uh, we're, uh, we're not going to mess about. I've got a t-shirt on today that says, keep, keep it real. And uh, let's not mess about. Let's go straight into it. Let's talk suicide. You know, um, tell us, uh, Leon, you've got great insight and um, your journey into Andy's Man Club. Um, you know, give us some of the, the clear, hard-hitting statistics within yeah. the UK that you, that you know you can share with our audience and what you guys are doing at the forefront of that. Yeah, well, it, it's super simple. And when you guys hear these stats, it's, it's, it's simple and harrowing. And, you know, the, the stats are really simple. So one man every two hours in the UK takes their own life, right? So just, just stop and think about that for a second. And compound that again. And, you know, we're all passionate. You know, Hull, Hull's a great city. Our region's a great city. Um, this region's got a 40% higher average than the national, right? So it's even higher than that, right? So when you start stopping and thinking about that, and you ask a real simple question, what are people doing? To, you know, what's happening out there to do it? Um, not a lot's happening. So in a real s- simple stance, you know, Andy's Man Club's mission is, is super, super simple. Um, Andy tragically you know, took his own life and, and died by suicide. And it was set up around the, the devastation that a suicide brings towards a family. You know, the, a family just devastated. And Lou Campbell, who's our chair and, and, and who founded it with um, Andy's mum, you know, talks about a real harrowing story where he had to go to tell his son that his uncle Andy had, had tragically taken his own life. And he, he always talks about the scream that, you know, that his son gave out and he never wanted any family to experience it. So um, for me, you know, taking that mission on and, and, and dipping, my, you know, getting involved in Andy's Man Club, when you hear stats like that and you see things like that and, you know, you know, off camera, James, I mean, you can talk forever and I'm sure Phil, you'll be the same, is... When, when you buy into a vision and you, you love that vision and, you know, ultimately it's, take, you know, it's helping save someone's life, um, it becomes addictive and it becomes a passion, it becomes more of a mission. And I think we, we've looked at it over the stats and, it, and it's super, super simple what's going on, but no one's talking about it. And that's why I love having, you know, getting you guys on, the, on the, coming on, the, on, the, on your show so we can talk about it. But there's three stigmas, you know, men are in a fear of weakness, burden and embarrassment. And, that, and that's why they don't talk, you know. Um, and that's that's the stats with it. And, and we have a real simple aim and message where we have a, a club on a Monday night that meets um, for one hour, one and a half hours. We're still going digital, um, you know, so we've, we took it digital now, thankfully. Um, and like Hull, for example, when, when we set up Hull, it was getting you know, six people turned up and we've gone to eight, 80 people turned up on a Monday. So, you know, there's just a massive need for it out there. How many years is that? When, so how many years three, ago did it? Three, three years. So we went from three clubs to 20, 25 clubs we've got now. Um, we went from, just in a year, we went from helping um, 250 men on a Monday night to over 1,000. And then I was just having a trustee meeting signing this year off. We helped over, I think it was, I think just, just under 27,000 men last year we helped. Um, 
And bearing in mind, we've only got two paid. It's a real weird business in terms of, you know, we're all running businesses and we look at things as, you know, operational and we need things, but we've got a real unique model in terms of um, we want any pound that gets generated won't pay for staff, we just refuse. But that presents loads of challenges and I'll run that charity. But it's all about helping that one man and making sure that what we do at, say, Hull or Halifax or Scotland, we've got the same experience no matter where we go. Um, and, and that's what we're doing. So, Impressive. So, Impressive. so is there a, like a, a, a trigger point then or, or, or is someone referred over to, to your like Monday night club? Well, the thing is, I mean, we, we do it all through social media and word of mouth marketing, um, so people know about us. It's more like, a, you know, I was talking to you, James, when I previously, and it's a bit like I've been into personal development for, for quite some years, you know, from, from business. And when you're in a business, it's quite cool to have a business coach or, a, you know, a life coach. And, and we talk to these people, right? But for me, it's all about what are we do. You know, we all go to the gym on a... On a you know, first week back in January, and we're all pumping out, you know, pumping weights to get our, our bodies, you know, physically strong. But when we really ask ourselves a real simple question, what are we doing to make ourselves better mentally? You know, what are we doing for our mental well-being? And, and we don't have them skills, unfortunately. Hmm. And you said you've you've gone so you you've gone nationwide now, and you touched on there that um, that the money doesn't go to staff, um, and there's been some challenges there within that. And I've been I've been privy to uh, a number of charities in the past. I, I know people around me that have got involved with charities and they, they go in for really good intentions, but they think that because everybody's in it for the right reason and wants to make a, a positive impact, it'll just be really relaxed. And actually, there's, there's, there's a, a, as much of a need to set up structure and systems and accountability in place with a charity as there is as a business. And how, how have you found that? Within yeah, the an, an interesting, great, great question, James. And that... That's how you'll see now I'm a, I'm a trustee. And, and the reason I got involved in Andy's Man Club, um, to, to sort of story, is I'd always played rugby. Hull's a very rugby town. Um, you, know, uh, you know, you've had Martin Johnson on your show, you know, played against him a few times, could never catch him. Um, you know, I might catch him now. He's a bit older, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, but Hull's a very, you know, working town. We're very into rugby, aren't we? And I don't know if you've seen, but there's a, there's a lot of um, high-profile rugby league players who have tragically taken their own lives over the, over the years. Um, it has been a challenge in that sort of sport. But also more than that, my own rugby coach from at West Hull, um, Roy Bennett, from being 17, 18, and I, and I retired in the 30s, I'm 38 now, and he tragically took his own life, um, you know, and our rugby captain, Benno, you know, is his dad, and it was just one of the, it was the first time I'd ever heard of Andy's Man Club at that point, um, because we put like a boxing show on um, to raise some money, and at that point, that was when I first started to discover about mental health. Um, Paul, who, who we've got our own podcast, the Pig Wrestling Podcast. Paul runs that with me. Um, and it, we started doing that because he runs Andy's Man Club now. And it's all about the first person coming on a bit of a journey, being vulnerable. And I think when you're vulnerable and you put your hand up a bit like on a rugby field and you say that I haven't got the world figured out, um, it's one of the most strongest things I think you can do. I think vulnerability, it's just, you know, when you put your hand up and I think, Community, um, there is people there who will help you um, get out of the, get out of them, them spaces. So I think the big challenge, and back to the bit about um, me being a trustee, I originally got involved because I was um, involved in a construction company that would, which, which was going well. You know, I was working globally with some global brands, um, and what I was seeing quite a bit was on the appraisals. These guys were working away for a long time. On the appraisals, there was a lot of people who. What, 
the girls want, you know, they want to spend more time with the family. There was there's something around well-being that just didn't seem right on these appraisals that I was doing. Um, there was people getting signed off for mental health, you know, we had 130 staff. Um, and back then, you know, and this isn't just in that business, it's every business. Um, when you'd speak to HR or you'd get external consultancy or you'd speak to somebody, it was sort of like the taboo that like you, you don't really, you send them to the doctors, send someone to the doctors, you don't talk it about it, you don't call it out. And that's even more prevalent now. The NHS have only just started to bring a campaign out called Talk Suicide, where actually, statistically, you do call it out and you do you do go for it that way. Um, so I think that was like a big change in culture. And I don't know what you guys think about that. You know, it, it is okay to talk now, but, you know, only three years ago, it, it won't. Uh, would, would, would you say that, James? Well, I, we spoke the other day, the fact that the heavyweight champion of the world, you know, boxing heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury, is, um, is, is, is not only open about it, but he's on the front foot and taking pretty much any opportunity he can to, to, to speak positively to an audience about his struggles. To, well, if, that, if that means that one person doesn't take their life, so it resonates, so it connects in a positive way with someone who's struggling, then that's, it, it's worth it. And uh, that's, it, 10 years ago, that would have, that, well, that, that you spoke about three years ago, ten, you know, 10 years ago certainly wouldn't have been the case itself and I know both Phil and I have, have run many businesses over the years and we, we know we've got a, a large network of, of, uh, of, of people that we know in business business owners entrepreneurs and you know this is this is an issue it is an issue you know when it seems to be now it, it, certainly uh, you look at social media now and people are talking about anxiety and depression and linking in with you know with hashtag things that are putting out there for, to bring people together and that's great as well under normal circumstances. We've seen that come through and that's great. But there's a big thing yesterday. I was speaking with Martin uh, about it. We, we, we spoke with Martin and we mentioned there. And although under normal circumstances, uh, connecting digitally, it can be a really positive thing. But under the current climate, it seems to be 99% of the connections we're having. And all, although we might be connecting with more people now because we can log on and log off and we've got more available time, actually those, the physical contact is, is uh, you know, has deteriorated massively. And how are you picking up on that with, you, with, your, with your network within Andy's Man Club and, and further afield, you know? Increased digital connection is great, but, you know, a lack of that physical contact, what impact are you experiencing with that? I think it's just like, you know, we have a real simple message at Andy's Man Club, make sure that everything's real and raw, and that's it. And and like your T-shirt says, right. and just call it out. You know, at the end of the day, um, we can't be a physical club where you can sit and you can actually have a deep and meaningful conversation. Us three guys, it would be, it's a challenge, you know, making sure that we can get everyone to speak without speaking over each other. It's also a challenge, and it's time to keep improving. We're seeing this with the IT, what we do. Um, more people are getting meeting fatigue, and you might laugh at that, but when you look at the, the psychology behind that, at the minute, I've got Phil just staring at me, just completely staring at me. I've got you just staring at me, right? It's not normal within a, in, within a meeting environment, right? So you've got people's eyes on you for 15, 20 minutes, just piercing you. Mm. Psychological-wise, we're not, we're not wired for people to stare at us, you know? What would happen if we was in a pub and Phil was staring at me like he's just been staring at me for the last 10 minutes? What happened, Phil? <laughs> I don't think we'd call it meeting fatigue. <laughs> I think there'd be some fatigue in the car park or something, wouldn't there? 
so, so, but this this phrase, meeting fatigue, where's that being coined from? Is there is there so there's research on that? Yeah, there's, re- there's, there's, there's research, and it's simple research though, um, and I, it's like with anything, isn't it? Um, when you look at the research behind that, right, when we go into a meeting, right, there's different ways we all communicate. So I'm very um, kinesthetic. I'm very the hand lights and thing, you know. I like to have a whiteboard so I can draw pictures. So I really struggle in these meetings because I like to be more physical, if you like. Um, whereas some people like to be more auditory, don't they? Um, and then you've got your visual learners. So the challenge you've got over these periods is auditory. So you, you're waiting to speak. So yeah, it's a challenge. Have you have you held um, Andy's man club meetings? over uh, the internet have you, have you held them yes yeah, so the, the interesting bit so originally when i got involved in andy's man club some like three years ago now is i had an it company like i mentioned um and we specialize in google and um, g suite for business and and one of that part is we can give it away we can give, i wanted to give the services away free to a charity and it's my wife when we was away on holiday who found andy's man club um and the whole idea was i was going to give it tools so it could communicate and collaborate now run that forward when I got there and this will tell you a bit of a story in terms of me sort of changing my full career um I got there and they told me they stat about one man every two hours and also our region being 40% higher what they asked me to do was run a club in Hull on a Monday night at seven o'clock now you know James you're all over the world and you're there everywhere um I was back when asking me to be in Hull at seven o'clock on a Monday when I meant to be running uh, a global business um, was now impossible, um, but as a you know, behind, you know, I've got a great wife who's fantastic. Um, I remember ringing her, and she said, driving back on a on a Wednesday night from um, Halifax at eleven o'clock. How did the meeting go? Not great. They don't want none of my business consultancy or any of the IT. Um, they want me to run a club on a Monday night, and she said, "Well, what did you say?" I said, "Well." I said, no, I can't do it. I ain't got time. I'm, I'm here there everywhere. I said, it was a real weird meeting anyway. I said, it was just odd. You know, um, I, did, I, I got a feeling like um, they didn't like me because it was just a real weird meeting. And what it was, they'd started to set up other clubs and it wasn't growing organically because everybody who was coming in was trying to do something more than what Andy's man club wanted. It was so simple as the idea and everyone wanted to do more than what the idea was. And they thought I was just another one coming in, all these ideas, as I'm driving back, Summit just, Lou Crangby, who runs it, and we just hit it off. He, he's like a brother from another mother, as we'd call it. And um, mm-hmm. I just, what I said was, I'll, I'll put him in some contact with a few people. I can help get a space, you know, but I can't run it. You know, I won't have time. I'm, I'm not in the country half the time. And I remember my wife speaking to me, and she said, you can't offer a charity eight hours of your time a month. And just because what they want doesn't fit into your schedule, you can't say no. It don't, the world don't work like that. You are you're either doing it or you're not. And she absolutely called me out. She said, "You you reckon you're this director? You reckon you're all this? <laughs> Make it happen." Um, basically, um, so that's what I did. I, I started on this man club hall. Um, started doing the club. But what we started to realise really quick, I was just blown away that that opening the doors and asking five questions and, and believe this or not guys I don't talk you, I listen I ask the question and I do share myself when it's my turn but the, the real weird thing of the club is you ask five questions and the job is we have a ball and we pass the ball and you your job James would be to ask the answer the first question 
And if you don't answer the question, I'll ask you to pass me the ball back and I'll say, look, this is the question. If you don't want to answer it, don't answer it, just pass the ball. But that is the question. And if you go off topic, I'd go, that is the question. And the questions are sort of set up, um, and I, I can share on here, is they're sort of like leading questions. So what's one positive from your week? Now, straight away, they've probably never been asked that question again. Um, second one, you know, um, how's your week been? They've probably never been asked that again. Third question, and the big one, anything to get off your chest. And now, I've been sat in that room and I have heard some of the most harrowing things, but also some of the most courageous things in that question. Um, and just where, but from people who we all know, professional sportsmen, uh, businessmen, you name it, um, there are, there's, there's someone from One Walk Life. And what I find so endearing and so special is when someone turns up at Andy's Man Club, we're not really interested in the name. We want to give you a bro, have a cup of tea, come in, get off your tech, sit down, and we ask some really deep and meaningful questions and we listen. And I think once you get on a level with someone like that and you start seeing the impact it makes, it's amazing. But then back to your original question, like I start answered, is that then starts throwing up from a, my business side of safeguarding. Some of the things we were hearing was absolutely, you know, just we're not trained to deal with it. And I think for me, mm. when I started to step into being a trustee was, um, I always remember being out with my wife and having a meal with my wife. We used to have a face. We still got a Facebook page now, but you'll see that if you go on Andy's Man Club page and you message in, um, you get an automatic response with Samaritans and other, you know, proper services who can help because we're not experts. And I think the big challenge, and Luke shares about this as well, on a, on a complete different scale to what I had it, is again I'm sat there and I've got people messaging me at nine, ten, eleven, twelve o'clock on a Friday or Saturday night saying they're going to take their own life, and I'm out with my wife, and it all of a sudden um, it starts making you look at how what are we doing with this charity and, and where are we going? And then all of a sudden, you know, back to keeping it real. And um, I have no problem in asking awkward questions. So that's where I started to say, well, hold on a minute. What's my job then as a facilitator is to open the doors on the Monday night. Okay. I get that. What else is my job? Right. Okay. Getting Facebook messages. That's not my job, is it? And what are you doing? Safeguard me. No, no. Right. Let's ban Facebook messenger from everyone. And everyone's like, what? No, 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 no. Let's ban it. We don't need it. If it's about, asking the question and talking on a Monday night, why do we need Facebook Messenger? We don't need it. And mm. we started doing things like that and making tough calls. But ultimately, I think that's why it's it's flourished so much because we are doing it for the right reasons. We are doing it for the bit that we're really all missing at the minute, that, that social interaction and that deep, meaningful conversations. What three things, Leon, would you say that you've learned? And, and You've, we've clearly touched on a number of areas to do with the, the, the topic, the subject of suicide, but what, what have you learned, three things have you learned about yourself during this, uh, this journey? Because good or bad, because there, there must have been some stuff that you've questioned yourself or that you've, you've, you've stepped up to a, a way different level that you would never have imagined before. Yeah, I think, I think what I, what I realised is, um, again, Sitting there on a Monday night and, and being consistent for three years, never missing a club and sharing yourself. And one of the most important things is the role of a facilitator is to share the self. And I've always had coaching and other bits, but I've never really, how's your week been? How's, and really, really asking them questions. And um, what I started to really realise was um, the business I was in, it had just grown to like a... a just some of that we never expected. And you're know, working globally, working with some of your biggest brands. You know, you never brand was working in Harrods, Selfridges, working with your Kirk Guiders. And 
work with these massive brands and in construction and retail it's just relentless it's just relentless just relentless and i did start a tech company because the whole idea was you know fairy tale and we, you know these fairy tales james they work in this business and i'm going to pivot into my it company they're going to retire and it's all happy days and i got a lot of respect you know for, for tristan and the team there at batch I, I got taught how to run a business i, I was looking at you know my dad was always an entrepreneur um running pubs and different things and, and like in different ways always like a window cleaner and all different things but what it what it taught me i did, I did a, a talk on success and it was we talked about this didn't we you know my way with the ticket yeah, do you want to give us give us some, yeah, give us yeah. some insight into that <laughs> this is just a reminder about not being a dick um just just super super and i share it with my good friend alex um i'll, I'll call him out on it i mean look at the suit he had on as well the pair of us right you know we set oh, oh, wait, let's have a look at that again let's have a look, just a, let's have a look. Atrocious, you know look at the pair of us silver suit that either. is for all, the podcast like, listeners that that is a that's just a, the a shiny a silver suit as you can ever imagine and it's just we it was laughing about this and me and him have been on a real big journey me alex on it um in want to grow these businesses and you get you start growing these businesses and then all of a sudden you know you start chasing the cars the watches all the rest of it you know we're flying to vegas to see mayweather we're buying tickets that just costs ridiculous amounts of money and you think that's cool and all you're doing really and it's super super simple and i see this at the man club i see it personally is rather rather than being keeping it real rather um wrapping ourselves up in decorations that way um or we're doing distractions which is drink drugs womanizing you name it uh fighting whatever it is and i was in that bracket i'd only ever been a, a carpenter i became really good at um because i'm dyslexic i became really good at technology because i can't do anything that normal people can do i can't spell i can't read i can't think so i had to use technology to leverage but because i wasn't prepared to be vulnerable um, I started putting people around me who was better than me, and obviously that's why things get better, isn't it? Right? But I think mm -hmm. what I learned massively was asking myself what I really wanted. You know, what do what does Leo McQuaid actually want? How is it? How is Leo McQuaid's week really been? Um, wh where's my life gonna go? You know, what that that search for meaning, you know. And we were sharing again with James. You know, my dad passed away at this time as well. You know, a massive influence, and it's. It's when you get kicked in the nuts and you get a reality check, um, you see life in a complete different context. And it's beautiful when you see it, but ultimately I had this notion of success. And because my dad had always been an hard working guy, I remember him taking me over County Road flyover in his wheelbarrow with his ladders on. I see him, I remember him buying his first brand new BMW when he was running three pubs in Leeds. Um, so I'd seen everything and he always worked, no matter what. I always looked at success differently in different businesses. So I had this different thing. I can't fail. I can't fail. I can't fail. Cause he, he was in a period when the pub trade failed, you know, banned smoking. We had to, we had to recuperate, we had to come back. And I used to always say to him when I started learning more about business, being a dick, I was like, you should have refinanced. You could have done this. You could have done that. Just been an absolute dick. And what really struck me when he, when he was, he died, he had heart failure, but um, he, he still works with heart failure, bless him. Um, but he, he stubbed his toe, he got gangrene, he died within six weeks, right? And when you watch someone, something like that happen, um, I was working in this big construction business at the time and it was my own fault, not, not the business's fault, but I thought I needed to be involved in all parts of it. 
I was leading with some big brands. Um, I just signed some big deals with a big company called Philip Lim Global Brand, and I'm I'm pricing the job in 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 Dove House while he's there. I'm doing making decisions on cash flow, all this stuff, and it was just relentless and relentless and relentless. And it was only after he passed, and I had my my son as well. Just you know, my son was just born at one, and I started to ask myself. Someone said, "Get a list and put three columns on it." He said, "In column one, I want you to ask what you want to experience in life." experience. I thought I want to take my kids to school. But at first I thought, well, I want to watch, I want a Rolex, I want this, I want a all this all experience. What do I want to experience? I want to take my kids to school. And I remember writing that down and it just seemed so me taking my kids to school just seemed so far from where I was. And it hit me in that moment the number one thing that my dad had always done, he'd always took me to school. He'd always picked me up. He'd always built a business around me. And he'd had, he'd had hold of me every time. And it just like hit me like a train. Like, what the fucking hell are you doing? Um, so I just sacked myself and went and followed me out. Um, but You literally yeah, sacked yourself? Yeah, I just resigned. Um, I'd got me a shareholder. And it was, it was like, but I, I look at it and we could always do things different, can't we? I wish I'd done things different. Um, but it's, it, it, when you're in business, you, I, I don't know contracts, I don't know legals, I just know that. I want it, and once you get that far in and you, you want to say no, it's, it's hard to say no, in it? But then I think, you know, we talk about putting your own mask on. Um, when you're really on, honest with yourself and you say, well, actually, I don't want this, and you say no, you've got to do it. And, and um, you know, breakups aren't hard, are they? And I, I still, you know, it's, it's, it's one of them, it's just one of them, isn't it? So, and that's, that realised, oh, sorry, Phil. I was going to say, so, so you created a framework based on these three columns. The yep. first column being, what do you want to experience? Yeah. What were the other two columns? Yeah, great questions. So the, the next column was, right, if I want to experience them things, what do I need to learn to grow? What, what, what skills do I need so I can experience that? And this is how I got involved in Andy's Man Club, because the last column was, if you're the guy who's experiencing all these things, and you've learned all this stuff, what are you going to give back to the world? And I put Andy, I'm going to, I put, I'm going to give eight hours to charity. Um, and the charity, and I said to my wife, go find me a charity that you think needs eight hours of my time. And she found Andy's Man Club. So that's how I got involved in Andy's Man Club. I think the, the, the main point on that is when you watch people walk in and be vulnerable, like I'd seen there, and I also was dealing with grief myself, losing, I lost a leader, you know, my number one leader, the one guy who I could go to no matter any problem, um, and, and, you, and you lose him, but I was still going to work that same day. I'm still doing this. I didn't grieve. I didn't. I didn't talk about it. Um, and I think, I think more needs to be done for us blokes to talk about our emotions and, and, and be, be be okay with making mistakes. Be okay with actually realizing that we can be dicks. Um, there's nothing wrong with being a dick as long as you go back and put you know put it right. You, you know we, we we've got to go through that to be better human beings, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, did we cover the third column there? Give back. Yeah, give back. Give, give back. Give back. Interesting. My, my video dropped. Interesting that your your answers, certainly the answers that you've revealed to us, they revolve around time, not money. Yeah, and that that was the the guy who coached me on that. That was just that's been my biggest game changer, and I do it every year in my little journal. First page. It's like super. I'll show you. I've had it in every journal. I've, because I'm dyslexic, I force myself to write. Um, and it's just like, I have one of these journals for the year. And I just write my goals on it in, in one column. And it just, 
it just it's so simple you know what do you want to experience it's, it's super simple yeah so you you plan out the year based on experiences then yeah, yeah. wow and and so so you, you've got this framework and then and no job so to speak is that because i'd uh, i'd set up an it company right because um, my passion was it um specializing in in, in google apps and and, uh, and again you know unfortunately that that failed you know in the end i did fail you know and i had to pivot out of that um but i think it's interesting I, I, we climbed kilimanjaro with andy's man club and it was like a real pivotal time for me um in that there was just so much uncertainty you know going from a very you know, business uncertainty all different things and when i started climbing that it's quite symbolic um there's a saying out when you climb the mountain called um, Poly Poly. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Um, so when you climb the mountain, um, you've got to acclimatise. And I, I, I've always struggled when, whenever I get stressed, I eat and I balloon in weight. It's just my go-to thing. It's my go-to vice. And again, I was stressed, you know, trying to navigate in business what I'm doing. And I thought, I can't train for this mountain. I just I ain't got time. I was researching it, like, you know, we do, don't we? we? like to get a bit of facts. And it was all about, it's not about how fast you get up there. It's about your body acclimatising to the altitude. And um, it's weird, the goal. Um, and it said, the longer you have to acclimatise, the, the better you're going to be up there with your blood, right? So I was like, right, okay. And then I get there and the guide said, oh, we've got this saying called poly poly. So I said, oh, what's that? He said, everyone's always trying to race to the top of this mountain. They get up there, they get at mountain sickness, they've got to get chopped off. It's, it's serious, you can die. So I said, so if you ever hear any of the guys saying poly poly, slowly, slowly. So I thought, right, I got this, nailed this. I'm not going to be the fastest, but I can definitely be the slowest. So my <laughs> goal every day, every single day, every time we set off, was I wanted my guide within the first hour to tell me to go faster, faster. But it's super simple, let's reverse it. Um, and that's what we did. And, and what it taught me was <laughs> just to really look at life in a different way you know and um, you can appreciate like, like now we're all in lockdown and it's, and it's a challenge but money you know if you haven't got one pound it's no different than having 100 grand is it? it's the same same problem and we're, we're bloody resilient things as human beings we like to collaborate we find a way to make it happen don't we or someone will help us there's, there's good people out there yeah uh, leon i'd like to you you tapped tap into the Pig Wrestling Podcast, and it was very quick, but I was like, I'm coming back to that one. So tell us about that. I mean, that first of all, why Pig Wrestling Podcast? I mean, that is some title. Yeah, so there's, there's a great book. Um, as you can tell, I'm an avid reader. Never used to be, but I just love books. Um, yeah, I'm feeling out of place here. Yeah, but the, but the, I, I, do have, I have a couple, yeah, <laughs> a couple of comics. The, books never let you book. down, do they? They never let you down. Yeah. <laughs> They don't let you down, do they, but Always there. Always, always there. there. Yeah. yeah, can always rely on them. Um, but no, but I got given a book um, called The Pig, Pig Wrestling. Every business owner needs to read it. Everybody, it's, kids need to read it. My kids have read it. And it's basically, you know, like you have like SWOT analysis, like a tool to do something, a tool. It's a tool for problem solving. And it's super, super simple. It's by Mark Bowden. Um, and the pig represents the problem, right? And we're all... And, we all wrestle problems. But what the book teaches you through some real nice, simple fables um, is that if you're wrestling a pig that you're not solving the problem, you shouldn't wrestle pigs. Pigs need to be in a pig pen. Um, and you need to look at the pen. And it, and it gives you some tools of how you look at problems from a different way. Um, 
and it, and it talks about there's a real good story in it where the um, there's a there's a French town of Hanoi, and the French town of Hanoi is they have biblical levels of of rats, right? So they had a, the pig they was wrestling was trying to, you know, kill more rats. So the council come together and they was looking at the people, the places, the politics, and they're trying to solve this problem. And um, they said, right, it's real simple. We need we need more rat catchers, you know, because the plague's getting up and all this stuff. I think, and so they're trying to do this. So they start. They said we can't employ any more rat catchers. So they came up with an ingenious idea. What we'll do is um, a dead rat would back them was called a rat pellet. We'll pay the citizens for every rat pellet they catch. Um, so then, Phil, what do you think happened to the population of rats in Hanoi? Did it go up or did it go down? <laughs> yeah, it goes up. Because the entrepreneurial people of Hanoi started Start breeding, breeding rats. rats. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so when you look at that problem and you, you, the pig pen's got a bucket of water, so you scrub your thinking up and you really look at it and you, you take it, the pig's wearing a frame, you know, picture frame. You've got to be really careful the way you frame a problem and also the pig trough, what you feed the pig. Because when you go back and you look at the people, the places, the politics, the population had tripled, right? What the other problem was, they needed more bin collectors, not rat killers. They needed more sanitary, you know, for the water. And, and there was a tackling the problem different. And I, I read that book and I was like, wow, if we can teach more people about how to solve problems, I don't think there's any bigger problem that we need to fix than people taking their own life. It just it just should not happen. And, um, you know, we've seen it with coronavirus. We're talking about 20 odd thousand people that have died from coronavirus. It's absolutely shocking. On the same note, though, we've got one man every two hours, two hours in the UK and women as well. Why are we why are we going mental about that as well? You know, and it's it's making sure that we are banging that drum and we are putting support in there and we are we are fixing this problem. And then where the podcast came from is like right now I'm rocking Andy's Man Club and that's all cool. Um, but because I want to do more in the city of all and I want to do more bits and because we can't scale anything else other than Andy's Man Club and we don't need to because it's just beautiful and it works. I, I always meet interesting people and I want to be careful what I get, what I say as Andy's man club, because I'm representing a family and everything. Mm. I've got to be really respectful. I've also got my own IT business. I've got to be respectful of that. Um, but if I'm meeting, like we, we now run it with Joe Kent, who's a suicide prevention lead for, for our region. And me and Joe have had some real big debates about, you know, it used to be that you don't talk suicide. And I used to just say, well, your policy, the stats are going up every year your full policy is not what it doesn't work. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a genius at all. Right. But you're saying don't talk suicide. Don't talk about it at all. But the stats are going up. They've now flipped that and we do need to talk it out. But I think what, where the podcast comes from is we get real interesting people and we just have real good debates um, about they solve problems. All right. Okay. How long has the podcast so, been running? How long have you doing um, that? It's been six seven months brilliant and for our for our audience leon we've got many people who are either thinking about going into the podcasting world or have just stepped into it so can you give us some insight into <laughs> can you give us some insight he's shaking his head here for our uh, for our listeners out there who can't see that but can you give it can you give our audience some insight into what that looked like to starting up. So what you were thinking, some decisions and also equipment as well. You know, did you think it was going to be more complicated than what it is? Or did you think it was going to be easier to set up than what it's actually turned out to be? Because um, I have ideas and I expect, I expect people to understand what my ideas are and no one ever does. Um, <laughs> I thought it was really simple. Um, it's, I think the challenge is it's, 
like anything in it um it, it comes down to quality and that and and then getting itself but it's, it's trying to keep it simple so it just depends on it i mean there's some great tools out there for podcasting um but the big one is is the mics you need to get good mics that's the big one mm-hmm. um, and then we had like a little mixer for your compression um where we're struggling now at the moment because we're doing it digitally um it's a lot harder to edit i think um when you're taking it from a video and you're ripping it i think when you when you sample it out saw straight for an amp and you do your compressions on good old track you know mixes it's super super simple i think when you go digital it just makes it a bit more complicated i would say but i don't know what what, 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 do, what do you guys say i mean for me i think more podcasts need to be done because we need to share more knowledge is, is for me so I, i'd implore anyone don't think too much about it get yourself on anchor just start and and get it better at you know we had a big problem on our podcast this week when we was ripping the music from the zoom meetings for the podcast where the echo's just been off on like the last three weeks but we realized when it was going up it was a compression issue so it wasn't like that on the machine but when it's going up it's just killing it but i think to keep it real and, and keep going at it i think you know we you've come from from um you've come into zoom having set up prior to using this platform whereas we, we we've been different we've we've been procrastinating for a year basically now and i mean we can go into it we've covered this over many episodes but you know we didn't have the available time we didn't have the right equipment what was the route we we're going to do, go down what was the strategy i mean it wasn't until i mean that was probably march last year that we started talking about setting one up that, and, and we'd been thinking about it as individuals before then and it wasn't until i was in morocco i mean i think it was early early november and I made a point, literally going out with this this same um, this same uh, booklet, sitting down at the cafe in the corner, just going right. I'm just going to focus for the next hour or two and think and strategize what we're going to do and how we do it. And you know what? And by doing that, I thought, well, yeah, we can't we can't put a recorded a nice looking intro together until we've interviewed people because once we interview people and we've got that footage, then we can take that and create a nice intro. So it's like straight away, I was like. Well, that's, of course, that, that makes sense now. Whereas we've been stalling because what does the intro look like? We don't have any footage. You're like, right, bingo. Now that, that's, 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 that's shifted things up. And, um, and this, I mean, this, what, once, once this hit, we were just like, we're just going to do it now. We're just going to crack on and, and make a go. And we're, what, 30, nearly 40 episodes in now. And the amount that we've learned as individuals, as a, as a team, um, together as host, as with our team behind us as well, that do a sterling job on a daily basis to our guests. I mean, the learning that, that's generated from this is is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And it's accountability, you know, it's essentially every day we've got similar time that we've organised to meet up with someone. Like you were saying there, Monday night, at a certain time, that's your, you know, you committed to that. And, and, and you know, these are times of uncertainty right now. So to have a, a have a time that you commit to and you're accountable for, I think is 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 a healthy thing to do when when so many plates are spinning and are often crashing down right now um, when things are out of our control. I think you make a real key point because all we've done because um, Paul runs it with me, um, who, who runs Andy's Man Club now, and all we did kept it real simple was we book in our diary, um, we record our podcasts between 10 and two o'clock on a Thursday. That's the slots. And what we did was, even when we didn't have guests because no one wanted to talk to us at first, um, was we'd record them ourselves and we just record them and we just made sure and we still have it in our diary now. And then even like, it's different in it depending where you're going with it. Like my business partner at first was like, well, why are we doing a podcast? But then 
interestingly, the, the bar salaries, we get to just meet loads of interesting people. It's yeah. cool. It's really cool. And I, the different side of it, I like our podcast on the other side because the questions I ask, we've got like 10 structured questions. Where I know you don't like having structured questions. I like even the question because I'm a little dyslexic brain, but I like to uncover like the tools and the tactics that people are using. And it's just brilliant. Yeah. Learning's brilliant, isn't it? So if, if someone's going to dive into your podcast um, after this show, which episode, give, give us an episode that the, the one, that's one of your favourites, that's one of those like, oh yeah. I've got, I've got too many, but one of my favourites, um, we've got Hull FC's chaplain, um, Reverend Tony Cotson. He runs, um, he runs Ezel Road, um, you know, the Fisherman's Wives, everyone like that. And he's, he's, he's come to Andy's Man Club since the start. And what was interesting with Tony is, no, he, he drives a car. How cool is this for a reverend? So he, he's in his gear with his black and white, so, and he loves LFC. His son, his son is actually a LFC coach, Andy Last now as well. Um, he's doing a lot, and he turns up with his car. And it says Hull FC Red One. You know, what I mean, that's just cool on its own as well, isn't it? So he's LFC <laughs> chaplain. Um, but he he came because he heard about the work we was doing in the community to bring other people. But then he just got like such a captivating voice and so many interesting stories he's like just the coolest guy ever and it's a bit like when you're on a rugby field like um like john o, martin john o was a good rugby player right so you'd, when you're in a bit of a rut you'd always pass it to john o and he'd get you out of trouble right sometimes in andy's man club you know there might be a point at times where we might be having an open chat and someone might share something or whatever and you just know if you pass the ball to tony he comes out with this story that you just like you know, like when you have them sleep stories and you're listening to like, you know, <laughs> Stephen Fry, you could just listen to him for hours. He's just incredible. So definitely him. He's incredible. Um, we've had loads of cool people. I'm just, I think the interesting bit, we ask a question, what's a lesson from a failure of yours? And that question just, just a, so yeah. I think everyone's interested really. With, with, with flip, flipping that and um, it'd be unfair to give a name or maybe an exact specific time but what episode have you felt as maybe bombed or a moment and why so giving insight to why was it a certain question or something you were feeling and it didn't go well you know we've, we've talked about a great episode example there have you, you know, let's flip that around something that, that you found challenging that you, you I mean, it's pretty sad, which is that like anything in it um no one likes the sound of their own voice nobody um and I ain't shut up on it for ages, obviously, so you'd be surprised. But no one likes it. <laughs> um, uh, so the challenge is, when you listen to it back, I don't know, I, I always think it can be better, but it's just getting okay with it being okay. And it'll just develop as it is, isn't it, you know? I think I think the, the way bomb, we make a big thing that we don't edit, because I yeah. think it's more fun. Yeah. Mm. I think there's a big thing that you need to get the expectation out of your head that when you that one day you'll hear your own voice and you'll just go, oh, I sound amazing. It will never happen. You will always, you will always, at best, be able to tolerate the sound of your own voice, and that's a win. That's, I don't think that happened. <laughs> Leon, you said that you record on a Thursday. Is that covering four hours? Between yeah. ten and two, is that one episode or is we that? Try, we, four we, we, try get, we try and get three episodes in. Okay, right. And I think the other that's one, a lot. Of, that's uh, good insight, is because because people who are either thinking of going into podcasting or starting a podcast might think, well, I you don't have to do it live, far from it. You can you can put it you can record it and then put it out whenever you want. But likewise, your podcast might be two minutes. It might be 
20 minutes or two hours. So you need to have a think about that uh, as, a, as a time frame. But, um, you know, on a Sunday, you, if you want to do a half hour podcast a week, on a Sunday, you record four, that's two hours, give some extra time to say hello to your guests, line things up and thank them afterwards. So to get a month's worth of podcast content, if you're doing a half an hour episode, might take you two and a half hours on a Sunday. To yeah, the, re- the reason we, because I'm, I'm a big fan of scheduling my diary with different blocks of time where I do different tasks. And I think for me, it was all about when we first started to do it, we just started doing one. And I was like, well, there's like an anxiety that we need to get the next one done. Um, and we, was, we originally wanted to do it live as well. And then when you just ask the question, what's the purpose of, of the podcast? The purpose of the podcast is to share knowledge. Um, does it matter if it's live? No. So get over yourself and it'll go out when it's, when it's ready. And then I think the other thing is, uh, uh, it's different stance. The reason I wanted to add a little bit of um, structure to ours with the questions, even though they go off differently, and this is just a tip I read, um, is we can then go back and chop them podcasts up um, and say, right, so we always ask what's one to three books you've read. So we can do a full, we can use existing content and go chop it up and say, right, the top 10 books on the podcast this year was, and, and do different things like that. So I think just be, trying to be creative and trying to reuse your content in different ways to add more value because not everyone's going to want to listen to all the questions. Some people might want to listen to certain bits. So I'd look at it that way, really. Yeah, yeah, it's a great tip. Well, we're going to have to cut this short again. We're probably just going to have to say this on every episode now. If we had, if we had three hours, it'd still be cut short, wouldn't it? Because you, you also, you've got that much to talk about and you're like, okay, well, let's stay towards that or stay towards that. And it just doesn't, you know, there's that much positivity to share and knowledge as you've put from there. But where can people find you, Liam? Where can people find Andy's Man Club? So Andy's Man Club's the easiest one. So just look on Facebook for Andy's Man Club. Um, and we've got Andy's Man Club Hall, or just the main Andy's Man Club. So just jump on there and drop it a like. Um, Find out about me and my own business at um, Think Cloud, so www.think-cloud.co.uk. And yeah, just check out and mainly check out the podcast and um, progressing podcast. You can find that on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, to name a few. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we, um, we often, we, it's very rare. Well, every guest that we've had on, it's not a coincidence that it's not even glass half, half full. It's, it's often glass overflowing um, uh, situation and, and personalities that we have on, and I think it's safe to say if we were if if we're doing this in each other's presence right now, it wouldn't be it'd be overflowing that much with you, Leon. That would Phil and I would be just having to mop up whilst we talk to you. Um, you are clearly full of passion and positivity, and uh, and the insight that you've given us and our audience today it's um, it's 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 inspirational. I mean, I'm I, it's. Being uh, selfish here, I, I, I'm, I'm going to come away from this, and I've, I'm already drawing things for business for myself. So this reaches thousands of people. Um, so, and, and thank you on behalf of, of, of our audience as well, mate. It's been that, an absolute guys. pleasure. Thanks, thanks for as well. Appreciate it. Yeah, that. no, thanks for your time, Lynn. It's been great. Cool. And likewise, like, I want to get you two booked on so I can learn more about you two. So I'll meet you on. I'll meet you on. <laughs> We're going to return the favour. <laughs> should we have a should we have a different um, address code yeah, next time? We've, we've gone with caps this time. I've joined in, haven't I? We've gone with caps, so I think we should we'll go, go with through, caps. Um, I think what we'll do we'll floral do, we'll theme. Do. What, what about a floral theme? Yeah, I'm that down could be that. pretty sweet. Daisy yeah. chains and whatever you want. All good. <laughs> hey, we'll take you up on that offer, Liam. No problem. Absolute pleasure. We'll look forward to, to joining you on your podcast soon. Yeah. Right. Cheers, fellas. That's great. Thanks, Thanks Leon. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for joining us on the Business Lockdown. Please comment, like, share and subscribe to help build our global community. We look forward to seeing you all soon.